0: We live? I think we're live. Um, All right, welcome to the Gamecock Scoot Podcast without Caleb today. He's on a little bit of a Thanksgiving adventure. Um, You've got Alan Cole, as usual, coming to you live from a childhood bedroom, as I am also home for Thanksgiving. And you've got Perry McCarty, our film guru. We are going to be talking South Carolina Clemson. It's rivalry week.
1: Um, How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was fantastic. We still have family here. um, But yeah, it's a lot of eating, more more so than we should have done. But it was absolutely great how
0: about you good yeah good stuff same here you got um you know what a lot of eating that you got a uh, it's black friday you can make some leftovers just there's some good football on today too yeah. um can't really beat that um and you also can't be rivalry week i don't know about you this is my favorite week of the year i think shane beamer said that too this week someone asked him about like is the Clemson game going to move when the SEC schedule changes, when Texas and Oklahoma come in? And he said, yeah. look, we'll play them whenever. We have to, but we I hope it stays the Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm, yeah. I'm with him.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I hope it stays there as well. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think there's any way we can drop them off the schedule by any stretch. I mean, that would be awful. But I think uh, we may see that from some of our SEC counterparts. I hope not, but it, it's it's always possible.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just think I look at like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That's not gonna be a thing anymore. Bedlam with Oklahoma moving. That sucks. Yeah. It, it just does. Um <laughs> what are your kind of cause I I grew up in Georgia. I knew Carolina fans. I knew Clemson fans. I kinda get it. I'm sorta learning what this rivalry is about. My first time my first time being at one in person will be tomorrow at Clemson in the press box. But what is this rivalry about to you? What you know, you're you're a Carolina guy. What is what does this mean to you?
1: Yeah, so I I grew up in Columbia, went to college in Upstate, and uh, it it's always been a big time rivalry. Now football always takes precedent, you know, over every every other sport that we have, but uh, we still want to beat Clemson and everything. Um, It's just for the majority of my life, we've we've always been right there, toe to toe with them. Uh, For for the most part, you know they they've had the series advantage for as long as I can remember, but still. For the most part, every year we come into the game feeling like, you know, we got a chance to win this year. But then, of course, Dabo took over, Spurrier left, and things kind of went in Clemson's direction. And so for a number of years here, it's been uh, – it's hard to accept. But Carolina fans kind of have come to the realization Clemson has been better than us. And so that's where it's been. So, so, you know, the past couple of years, a rivalry game hasn't really been that. It's got to be competitive, really, to be It's a rivalry. Yeah. Uh, But I think this is the first time uh, fans can point to, Hey, we, we do have a chance again. You know, last year we felt pretty good about maybe making a game of it, you know, with it being at home, but that turned out to be a complete dud. Uh, But this year, which uh, I think we're going to jump into in a little bit is we we actually have an advantage in some areas. And um, so that's, that couldn't have been said before for a, a number of years. So, uh, I, I think Beamer has done a great job of catching the talent level up and giving us a chance to be competitive here. Uh, who knows how it's going to go tomorrow? Uh, we haven't been very good on the road. Uh, but it, it if we can get this win, it's going to really make that, uh, competitive environment come back again. Not that it's, it hasn't gone away, but it's just, Carolina fans understand that, you know, Clemson has been ahead in football for the past couple of years. And you can't argue that. But now we're, we're at a point that we're maybe maybe that story is changing.
0: Yeah. When was the last time you went to the rivalry? Do you remember? Just out of curiosity.
1: Uh, to the game itself? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I've been to one at Carolina and one at Clemson. At, at, gosh, man. Uh, early 2000s. So, um, yeah, it's been quite a while. Uh, and, um, unfortunately, they, Carolina lost both of them. So, <laughs> was it wasn't, you know. Is that so why you
0: stayed away? Is that, what, is that what led to the streak with Spurrier? <laughs> you staying away?
1: It's probably best that I do stay away. No. no, I didn't have much to do with it, obviously. But, yeah, it, it would be nice to see them see win it. Uh, and, man, if, if we can win it tomorrow, that changed the narrative on the, the whole season, you know, especially coming off the <laughs> Yeah,
0: we're going to kind of get into that a little bit. Um, So South Carolina Clemson, obviously tomorrow at noon at Clemson. Clemson has won seven in a row. They've won 40 in a row at home. That's the eighth longest home winning streak in college football history. I think I read this week. Um, Kind of on a general broad level, we're going to break down specifics too, but on a general broad level, what do you think has to happen for South Carolina to not only stay in this game, but find a way to win this game?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be a little cliche how I started here, but we've got to be able to run the ball. We've got to control the clock. is um, gonna to try to do the same thing to us. The the problem is, are we gonna be able to do that without a a healthy Marshawn Lloyd? I don't know if we can. Jaheem Bell has been uh, he did a great job last week, but as we discussed, he's he's not a natural running back, and so there are some lanes that the offensive line creates that. He, he doesn't see all the time and that Marshawn Lloyd will see and will exploit. Um, now if Marshawn Lloyd's not healthy. I don't know what all that looks like, but you've got to be able to run the ball. Some got to be able to control it. And then of course we had to hit the explosive plays. I mean, we had the receivers that can do it. They have proven that. And on top of that, uh, Clemson's weakness on the defenses are secondary. So, when all year that's been a challenge for us, you know, it we exploited Tennessee secondary. Now of course the secondary is better than Tennessee's plus they're going to be able to get more pressure on us, but uh, we still had the playmakers to, to make them pay at, at the times in the game. And not only that, Marcus Adderfield has to come out and call a, a great game again. And there wasn't a whole lot of different plays that I saw necessarily against Tennessee, but the rhythm in which he called them was phenomenal. Um, and I don't know why that's been missing all year, but
0: I think everyone's asking that.
1: Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, I know there was some talk about maybe he wasn't the one calling the plays. I didn't see, I, I didn't ever think that. I, I thought that he, I thought that playing. was dumb anyway. I mean, he's got a um,
0: headset on. He's calling the play. Like, let's yeah. just, you got to give him the credit when he deserves yeah,
1: it. Absolutely. But he was, he was in a rhythm calling them. He was setting one play up for the next one um of course it helps when rattler <laughs> plays out of his mind yeah uh but yeah that's that's where we had to be in in our defense i mean tenant uh excuse me Clemson just ran the ball down our throats last year i think maybe they threw it what 19 times it was nine year. for
0: 19 for dj yeah. last year yeah they
1: didn't even have to throw it i mean we could not stop the Ryan. so we had to do that this year and, and we're much better equipped to do that especially with the way uh talk talk hemingway and zach Pickens are playing right now uh i mean Tonka Hemingway's hemingway is on a He's on, a he's on a heater. Yeah, he's. my goodness.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, he had the one sack last week that killed a drive. There was a couple other plays. He was in the backfield. He's, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of were talking at the start of the year. Like, all right, we know Zach Pickens is obviously the best player here. That's probably an NFL player one day. Um, who was the other defensive tackle? We're talking, is it going to be Alex Huntley? Is it going to be MJ Webb? Like, it's Tonka. Tonka's defensive tackle, too, right now. Um, yeah. And he's definitely earned that. Um, I think you kind of bring up an interesting point regarding Tennessee last week and everything Clemson does defensively is better than what Tennessee does defensively, but it is kind of, I don't want to say structured the same like schematically, but in terms of where the strengths, where the weaknesses are, yeah, Clemson, Tennessee's defensive front is, it didn't look like it last week because they weren't blitzing that much, but it's good. They get after pressure. They get pressure. They get after the quarterback. Obviously Clemson's defensive front goes without saying it's incredible. Um, linebackers, kind of the same thing. I mean, Tennessee's linebackers had an awful night last week, but Clemson's linebackers are good. I mean, Barrett Carter's a stud. I mean, that's kind of the one that sticks out to me when I watch them. And their secondary struggle, their corners have struggled. We saw Wake Forest throw the ball on them. Florida State got the ball down the field on them into the boundary. Um, So it does kind of set up the way things set up last week a little bit, just in terms of where might where you might find some holes, where you have might have to exploit things, but I'm I'm kind of with you. It, it all has to start up front. Um Miles Murphy, Brian Brissy, KJ Henry, those guys can wreck a game. And if South Carolina's offensive line can't mm-hmm. hold, I'm not even going to say hold the way they did last week because that might be unrealistic against this defensive line, but hold well enough for Rattler to make some of these throws. It's just not going to matter.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um I, I think one subtle change Carolina made last week along the offensive line is that left guard. Um, I don't know if that's been brought up much this week. You, you can tell me. I mean, you've been at all the
0: someone asked, um, someone asked about it. Uh, I can't remember if they asked Beamer or if they asked Satterfield, but someone asked about it. The pressers about the left guard change.
1: Yeah. So, Jakai Moore, who had been uh spending time with Jalen Nichols at left tackle, yeah, put at left guard, and I think it made a big difference. Um, I mean, because we, we know Jalen Nichols is a much better pass blocker than Ja'Kai Moore. Um, but Ja'Kai Moore is a much better run blocker than Jalen Nichols at that, that left tackle spot. Um, and then once uh, uh, Moore was moved inside, I mean, that push, that was a noticeable push that we were able to get over there. And not to knock for Sean Lee and Trey Jones, who've been playing there, because they've done a, a good job during that time, too. But I thought it really gave us that extra something that we hadn't seen all year. Now the, the only downside is I think both for Sean Lee and, and Trey Jones pull better than Ja'Kai Moore. Um, they seem to get around and um, know exactly where they're going. Ja'Kai Moore can get there, but he there were a couple times, especially on those counter runs, that he, he missed the block and you know didn't quite get to where he needed to go. But I think a lot of that has to do with experience playing that position. Uh, but that really seemed to solidify uh, what we had going on there. Um, so I expect that that'll be the same starting offensive line heading against Clemson. But, it, of course, like we mentioned, they got a, a different challenge ahead of them this week.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was Marcus Satterfield who was asked about that. He said there was, they were just trying to get the best five out there, which, again, that's cliche. You hear that a lot. Um, they didn't even have the best five out there at all points because Eric Douglas got hurt in third quarter. And Hank Manos had to snap. I think that was one or two series. um excuse me but yeah we've seen that a couple times this year we've seen kind of Tyshawn Wanamaker and Dylan Wanam do a right tackle rotation too um I don't know if they've actually found their best five but it'd be hard to argue with what they saw what we saw last week as that five and I think you'd almost be crazy to change that at this point I do think if Marshawn Lloyd plays he's questionable right now we'll see um about 24 hours exactly we'll know if he gets off the bus um and you're gonna run more of those kind of counter things. Maybe you do make the change back. If 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 Lloyd's there and that his skill set's kind of different, he's got that vision, he can hit those holes in the counter. Maybe you do, but that's contingent on other things, obviously.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean it's the the zones, zone runs, duo, you know, what what they've typically been running with that all year seem to flow a little bit better with that offensive line combination. Um and it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter who's in there against Clemson. The, Clemson's going to be very well coached. They're going to be physical. They're going to win their share one-on-one matchup. So uh, our guys are just going to have the, you know, they're going to have to have the best game of the year, no matter who's slotted in there to be able to get, we at bare minimum, we got a stalemate. So if we're getting pushed in the backfield, you know, especially on run plays, there's going to, it's going to be a long day. Um, but I, I think this line is now playing with some confidence, and um they I, I expect them to hold up their own. I, I would be disappointed as again. I
0: think you're gonna see a lot more of the Nate Atkins pass protection stuff too. He was fantastic last week. Yeah. They did more of that. We saw, I think we saw I don't know what the, I don't remember what the snap count was. You posted that earlier this week on GameClasscoop.com, but Travion Kenyon played more last week, I think, than we've seen most of the year. Yeah, um, they were kind of doing different 12 personnel, 13, even 13 personnel kind of things. Um, and maybe some of that's Jaheim Bell having to run the ball, so you're losing a tight end in, the, in blocking and passing when obviously when Bell's carrying the ball. But either way, you saw more tight end stuff, more tight end blocking last week than you have all year. Yeah, I think you almost need to against Clemson. Because no disrespect to the running backs or whatever, because Juju McDowell threw a great block, I think, on the first Josh Fan touchdown. But you're going to need more than five to block these guys. I think.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we we typically run those two tight insets, you know, whether or not they're in line or they're they're off, you know, just depends on, on what we're running. But um, the, it seemed to be that the the packages and the personnel we use were the about the the least we've seen all year. You know, it's, it's more like more streamlined. It just seemed more cohesive. Um, not quite as many players playing, not not as many different packages happening there. Um, and to be honest, Jaheim Bell hasn't been a Great blocker at the tight end spot all year. Um, So, but he can't just be when he's when he's in there tight end. He can't just be only on pass plays because that that would tip the hands of right. So he's got to block some. But yeah, Nate Atkins they moved him in the backfield a lot as a running back. Um, He certainly did a great job there. Uh, They used Kenyon and uh, Stogner as inline tight ends. Um, So a lot of different. Uh, looks with that part of it, um, which, which worked well. And you're right. Like we're, we're going to need those guys. And, and a lot of times those guys are getting up to the second level too. Uh, and so with, with the aggressive linebackers that Clemson has, we're, we're going to need as much blocking as, as we can run the ball.
0: Yeah. And then kind of, let's kind of shift things to the other side for a second. Some areas you think South Carolina might, because I think it's pretty clear. We agree. And anybody that defensive line wise, Clemson's better, linebacker-wise, Clemson's better. Like, where are some areas that you think because I got some ideas too, but where do you think South Carolina might actually have an edge in this game? What can they try to exploit? You know, if South Carolina wins this game, it's because blank played well and took advantage of Clemson's blank. I guess it's kind of how I would phrase that.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think secondary we have the advantage, to be quite honest. Uh I mean we had have- Two guys that are going to be drafted, uh, Rush and Cam Smith. Um, Marcellus Dyle was picked on a lot by Tennessee, and he held his own.
0: He played know? well, yeah.
1: yeah. And so, and then in the, the secondary, it, I mean, we have the best safety play we've had in years. I mean, Mushchamp never quite got the safety position going, which is odd, seeing as that's – That's you know, his that's the whole deal. But, but, um, you know, when Nick Inmemory went down, Peyton Williams came in and played great. And that's, that's a guy I've been waiting to see since spring ball. Um, but he stepped up there. DQ Smith, I believe he played a lot of free safety that game as Cam mm-hmm. Smith falling around Hyatt. Um, and so that's three freshmen back there just playing really, really well, which is exciting for the future, you know. Um, but I, I think we have the advantage there. Um, and and Jordan Birch is, he doesn't have the stats, but at, at the edge, uh, he's been just dominating his matchup no matter who he's playing against. Um, and he's been difficult to run his direction. If you notice most of the plays going towards his way or going very much towards the perimeter to where he can't reach them. Um, and so I think he'll need to have a big game. And and what I would love to see is get something out of that little linebacker position because he's yeah. played very well, but, the you know Brad Johnson and and Debo have had their moments, but it, it just hasn't been you know where we'd like to see it yet. And I mean, if they were going to do it, this would be the this game is the game week, game. yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's it, it's going to take a combination. You know, we've got to get pressure on on Clemson when they do pass the ball. We can't just leave our guys covering all game long. Uh, but that's that's really where it's going to come in. But Clemson's going to try to you know they're going to pull everything out. They know we're coming in with momentum. They're going to come at us. Um, and, and then on the flip side, um, I actually like our receiving group better than Clemson's. I know that might be heresy to some people, but y- you look at what they've done, even with our struggles this year. I mean, Juice Wells has had a dynamite year. Um, Jalen Brooks, when he's had opportunities, he's made a lot of explosive plays. So, and then, um, uh, of course josh Van's coming along now so if that that group's playing with a lot of confidence and give them just a little bit of space and uh, they can make things happen so i i think those are areas we have some advantage and, and depending on what we get from spencer rattler if we get the same quarterback we saw last week now yeah I'm on them to put up those same type of numbers but I mean, if he's throwing the ball like he did last week, my goodness, anything can happen, you
0: know? Well, that's that's kind of the whole thing. I mean, if Spencer Rattler's going to be out here completing 80% of his passes, throwing darts everywhere, I mean, really, I mean, he threw two balls away and there were two drops. So I think he threw three true incompletions the whole game last week. Like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if he's going to be doing that, of course, of course anything's on the table. I want to go back to the corners for a second because yeah. kind of the thing we heard all week from, from Beamer, we heard it from Clayton White on Wednesday, we talked to him that – The whole plan last week was corners on an island, was we need to stop the run. That's what Tennessee wants to get going. They're going to make their catches. Our corners can make tackles one-on-one. We're not going to get beat over the top. Um, We're going to put Rush. We're going to put Dial. We're going to put Cam Smith on an island. They're going to win their battles. We're going to stop the run, and that's how we're going to – you're not going to stop Tennessee's offense, but you're going to slow down Tennessee's offense – yeah. and to give Clayton White, and I think Torian Gray deserves a ton of credit too as we're talking about the secondary, but yeah. to give all those guys credit, that's exactly how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, They made their catches, Hyatt made some, Tillman made some. There was, I think, really two coverage busts the whole game. There was a touchdown to Princeton fan, and there was the ball that Joe Milton threw right at the end garbage time. Mm-hmm. Um, But who cares at that point? Yeah. Um, No, the corners did everything they needed to do last week and more. Do you think – Kind of because Clemson does want to run the ball, Shipley, Maffa, that kind of thing. Is that kind of what we're gonna see this week? We're gonna see more corners on an island, load the box, just trust them to win on the outside. Is that kind of the path to getting stops here, you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. We can do that as long as we're healthy, right? But if, if we have either any one of those three corners go down, now now we're you know, now we may struggle there. So so that works as long as all those guys are healthy. Um, we, we just don't have the depth right now for the guys to come in and and, I, and play at the level that they probably need to. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Clinton's probably going to come out, run a, a lot of two tight end, three tight end sets, and, and try to ram it down our throats, which means that Nickel is going to have to come down and play as a linebacker a lot. Um, so if that's the case, I do kind of wonder if we use a third linebacker this game some. You know, maybe Bale Martin-Scott sees some time there a little bit. Um, moving D. Q Smith back to free safety. Um, I, I do wonder if we're going to tinker with some of that. I, I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to depend on the personnel that Clemson is using. Um, and and our guys did hold Tennessee. The, the funny thing is it, it looks that defensive performance looks a lot better with the win, Um, but it, when, they, they scored 38 points and had over 500 yards. Typically that's, that's a loss and we're like wow our defense was rough right but because we won looks a little bit better but- well there's that
0: and there's also that tennessee's been scoring other than georgia i've been scoring 60 on everyone this year so like i think i said this to caleb with our last show if you'd offered tennessee scoring 38 before the game especially if you told me nicky manori is going to miss two and a half quarters mm, yeah. with a targeting call and a true freshman peyton williams is going to play in his place i think you probably would have taken 38 you just never would have expected Rattler to, you know, do what he did. But
1: not, not at all. And quite frankly, I don't care how many yards you give up. You know, it's, it's yards, it's,
0: ain't like, points. Clayton White said that all year to us.
1: So it's just it, it, keeping them off the scoreboard. That's going to be the most important part. And then, of course, we haven't really talked about it yet. Special teams. I mean, if it comes down to special teams, yeah. it, uh, we'll take that all day long. You know, if it's a close game and it comes down to what the, the special teams is going to give us. And then I'm feeling pretty good about that, you know you've it's actually a good
0: point. Clemson's had two kicks blocked this year. Uh one of those kind of a it was early against Notre Dame. They had a punt blocked return for a touchdown that kind of set the tone of that game that's their only lost this year. Yeah. That's actually a really good point that Clemson's been I don't want to say two all season makes them prone to kick blocks. It's not like they've had ten of them blocked. but there have been ways to get at Clemson on special teams this year. And, obviously, you know Pete Lembo's dialing up stuff. Do we think we see Kai Carver throw another pass in this game? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to be quite honest. I don't think anything anything is going to be out of the playbook this game. I think everything no. we got, if it's appropriate, it's going to be thrown out there. Um, I, I'm sure Beamer wants this game badly. Um, and, again, this game changes the narrative. I mean, in, in every possible way we can think of, you know, recruiting – where we are as a program, everything a win changes all of that. So, I I, I think he realizes that, and uh, I, I I expect us to see some things we hadn't seen all year um, to take advantage of what is there because Clemson doesn't give up a whole lot. But as we saw against Notre Dame, you know, it the ball bounces the right way, then then we can really have some success.
0: Yeah, I think the Notre Dame games, one you bring up, obviously, because they lost that game. And I think that's kind of where game script comes in, too. They fell behind, I think it was 28 nothing in that game, but it was 14 at halftime, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole, I think, like we, we said that a lot this year, right? We talked about it with the Georgia State game. <clears throat> we, uh, we talked about it with the Kentucky game, with Chris Rodriguez, the AM game with Devin A-Chain. You get ahead of these teams that run the ball. You kind of take running out. And not to say that DJ can't beat you I mean I think the Wake Forest game was probably a, a career game for DJ and that was one where they needed to score 50 to win double overtime but if you get ahead of this you play from ahead in this game or you you at least play even mm-hmm. I think you have to like your chances kind of just with those corners what they've been doing and yeah. you, you I don't want to say you have a quarterback advantage but you feel like you do after last week yeah
1: yeah it, it- Again, we don't know exactly what we're going to get, but neither does Clemson, you know.
0: (laughs) Right, that's kind of the whole thing.
1: (laughs) Neither team knows which quarterback they're going to get this coming game. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of ifs. You know, if it goes our way, we feel good. If it doesn't, then, you know, we're talking a different game. But, um, yeah, we we definitely – I mean, Clemson has weaknesses as opposed to, uh, you know, when they're typically making the – the playoffs and they they're just so explosive they're not that explosive anymore um you know they're going to rely on shipley a lot he's not exactly an explosive running back he's very good um but he's gonna you know they're they're gonna pound it with him as much as they can and uh take the pressure off throwing the ball if they're able which we would love to do the same thing uh but we don't know if we're going to be able to uh you know and, and I, again, I, I want to give credit to Marcus Satterfield last, from last game. Not only was the game balanced, I, I believe it's 38 runs 38 passes. Now, some of those runs were Spencer Rattler, when it broke down, he took off. But even so, it's still pretty balanced. And, and the amount of people that ran the ball and touched the ball and catches, like it, it's just insane how all that worked. That is a very balanced offense with so many people taking a part in it. Um, I don't know if we can replicate that, but uh, if we do, good things are headed our way.
0: What's kind of what's kind of going into that? What's the carry on Joyner's role in this game? You think we saw way more of him last week, really the last two weeks. He played more against Florida and Vanderbilt, I guess. November has been more, I'll just say that. Um, yeah. Is there a way to get that going against this Clemson defensive front? Is there a way to run Wildcat without tipping you're running Wildcat kind of? Um, how would you kind of get the carry on Joyner involved in this game? Because I think he probably needs to be if they're going to win. Yeah,
1: he uh, he he's got to it's got to be from the quarterback position, you know. Um, it, it, taking out the special teams part because obviously he's a big piece there, but he, he's not the best pure receiver on the roster. And so if 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 he's not for whatever reason, he's much more dynamic from the quarterback position than he is as a receiver. I don't know why that is. It just seems he just see sees a field better from the quarterback position. And so he, he's able to make plays there a little bit more than as just as a wide receiver. Um, but the fact that he's willing to throw the ball and they had some plays set up for him to throw the ball, I think will will give him some openings. And, and I also like that. And some Carolina fans may disagree with me. I like that. We kept Rattler on the field uh, a lot when Joyner was playing quarterback. And so it, you have to guard against any type of double pass when that's the situation. So I know there's some concern that well maybe he's going to get injured, but Rettler he's a tough kid. Like yeah, I say kid. I mean he's a <laughs> tough player. How about that? But so I'm not worried about that. Um,
0: he almost but, caught a touchdown too. It, that it, all they did you, you get that element in there too throwing the ball to him, which I know he's not a receiver, but he he almost scored on that play.
1: Yeah, so I, I like him leaving him in there, that making that Clemson defense they can't cheat off of him. So if you're gonna if you're gonna backpedal and give him a lot of room, well, you know th- there's a lot of different stuff we can do there. Um, and, and so we, I know some some folks have been upset with our offense for the majority of the year, but we have a good coaching staff. Like they know football, and so they'll pick up on you know, if there are openings with those packages and, and come back to that, at least I hope so. I mean, that's, that's what we did last week. Uh But yeah, I think, I think he has to play some quarterback and I think he has to throw the ball a couple times. He can't just, it, it can't just be quarterback read options. It, it can't be that Um because they'll just stat the box and you might as well just leave Rattler in if you're going to do that, you know? So I, I think that's where he'll come into play Um and, and, of course, again, on special teams, he'll, he, he's big there as well.
0: Right. And that kind of leads me to what I wanted to ask, too. Um, all right. I'm going to say you can't say Spencer Rattler to this. That's kind of a, a cop out <laughs> answer. But if South Carolina wins, who is the MVP of this game for South Carolina? Oh, man. And you can't uh, say Rattler.
1: Yeah. Uh, is Lloyd playing? <laughs> Open to interpretation. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I'm going to go. I would I would lean towards the, having a big offensive performance simply because that's what we came off of. But I, I honestly I, I think it co- it's going to come down to the defensive line. I, I really do. I, I think our defensive line is going to have to man up. Um, and, and the one thing that I saw that the improvement from our line is that with um, when those double teams come on our defensive tackles, they they basically are going to do one of three things. They're either a going to just try to slide out the way and, in essence, do the offensive lineman's job for them, and the linemen are just going to go right to the linebackers. B, they're going to try to get skinny and split the double team, which, if they do that, they've got to make that play. If they miss, it's probably going to go for a bigger play because, again, the linemen are going to the linebackers, or they're going to take it all on and hold their ground. We saw a lot of double teams in our defense tackles taking it on and holding their ground – and then the other single blocks our guys taking advantage of winning those matchups, and that's what we need to see. Um, and Clemson does have a, a strong offensive line, so I think it may be one of those games where our defensive line doesn't have a lot of stats, but they're doing exactly what they're. They're affecting them. the game exactly. So they're 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 holding the ground, they're playing sound technique, and they're not giving up much. And and I think that's where it's really going to be won in in the trenches there.
0: So you got an MVP? Going to say like just the D line in general, um, like Jordan yeah. Birch, Zach Pickens.
1: I, I'd like to say Birch, but I mean he hasn't stat wise. He hasn't put up. I think I think more so is going to come down to our defensive tackles. I think it's that okay. Haka Hemingway, Boogie Huntley. I think as a group, that's where it's really okay going to come into play. So that's that's how I feel about it. If they dominate he, again may not show in the stat sheet, but if they dominate up front, Clemson won't have anywhere to run. They'll be forced to throw the ball, and that's where I feel we have an advantage. We can really get after the quarterback at that point.
0: And that's where I'm going with this. Um, If South Carolina wins your non-Spencer Rattler game MVP, I'm saying really the corners, but I'm going to say Cam Smith. Um, I think people forget because the game got away from him, but he had an interception in this game last year on DJ um, in the first quarter there. He's just a big time player. Um, you know, I think people forget last week too. He had a big play right after Eamon Murray's targeting that third down in the red zone. He got to chop the receiver down, force the field goal attempt. Um, he's been playing really well. This is obviously a big game for him. It's going to be his last Carolina Clemson game, maybe his last game period if he sits out the bowl game. Um, I'm definitely not implying that he's going to, but it's at least possible as a, poss- as a first round pick. Um, oh. If he did, I wouldn't either. No, <laughs> um, I think he's gonna have a big day. I think he's gonna be end up on an island again, kind of. Um, I'll say he gets a pick in this game at some point. I, I do think South Carolina is gonna need a turnover at some point to win this game. Yeah. DJ has been turnover prone, so yeah, if South Carolina wins, and we're not saying just oh, quarterback lights it up again, I'm gonna say Cam Smith is your guy you point to as the MVP of this game, yeah. and I guess that kind of leads. We're gonna do a little bit of basketball at the end of this, but. Score predictions. Um, <laughs> we do this every week with Caleb. I never know what to say. I usually change it before I put it on the website. My, my preview is going to go run tonight, I think, for anyone. Um, Gamecockscoop.com. We've got staff picks. We've got film breakdowns at Clemson that you're doing. We've got all kinds of stuff for the rivalry game. Um, we got a podcast here, obviously. Check that out. And We'll have plenty of post-game stuff, too, after the game tomorrow. Um, you score prediction yet? You can change it before tomorrow.
1: Uh, I'm... I'm going to go Carolina here. Yeah. Uh, just because I think the momentum's going going. There's so many things for and against here. But I'm going to go Carolina because I think they're in a prime position to actually take that next step. So I'm going to say – I'm going to say in a close one, um, I'm going to say 31-28 Carolina.
0: Yeah, I just – I get it. I could see it. I can't quite get there on the road. Clemson's just so tough at home. That D-line's so good. Mm. I think Carolina covers. I think this is a four-quarter game. I think it's maybe one of those deals where it's like a maybe a four-point game or a seven-point game late, and then Clemson scores. to put it away with a couple minutes left. Um, 28-17 Clemson, but it's closer than that. It's kind of how it feels, something like that maybe. I can see um, Yeah. I know no one's going to be happy with that, but considering where you might have been seven days ago, and kind of thinking where this could have gone, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would call that begrudging progress after thirty-eight-three and thirty-nothing the last two games in this rivalry. The, um,
1: the, the, the the one thing we didn't touch on that I think is also extremely important in a game like this is field position. Yes, I think that is going to be extremely important. Where where are we starting drives at versus where Clemson starting drives at? So if if we're pinning them deep every single drive like great if we're if, if it's flipped and we're having to drive the whole field every single drive i mean it's yeah not anybody that way so I, I think that's a a big and that i guess you call that the hidden yardage but that's that's a big one that i think game is really mvp
0: good. kai kroger is that we're going with this you're gonna change your pick
1: <laughs> i don't think it comes down no nah, i'm just messing good. with you man it's but uh he could be you know and, and i wouldn't be surprised either so um Because, again, if there's something to be exploited there, you can bet uh, they're going to at least take a shot and try to exploit it. Yeah, Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, It's just tough. You said against any defense, but it's really hard to imagine, you know, the 12-play, 90-yard drive kind of thing against this Clemson defense. Um, And that's where you got to hit explosive plays too because it's just so hard to dink and dunk against a defensive line this good to hold up, and you're going to lose some of those pass protection battles. You just are. They're yeah. too good. They're too talented. There's probably two top 10 picks in that D line with Brissy and Murphy. Yeah. Um, so you got to explosive plays and you got to find a way to not have to win 10 or 12 plays on a drive. Um, we're going to do a little bit of basketball here to close. Um, I know that's probably not what you guys want to talk about in rivalry week. Um, men's basketball is two and three right now coming off the Charleston classic. They are hosting USC upstate today at four o'clock at colonial life arena. Um, what are you kind of looking for here to get them back on track here, kind of as they finished, I guess not finishers a month ago in it, but continue in non-conference play?
1: Yeah, um, it, there's been a, a lot of good and a lot of bad. I know it's hard to see the good um, when the scores that we're seeing, but I'll be honest, the, the team's actually, <laughs> and it's funny having me say this, they're actually better right now than where I thought they would be. Um, before Gigi Jackson committed, I thought we may see one of the worst teams in the SEC um, and that's not I'm, I'm not trying to slam the players we have I'll never do that but the SEC very good um, and so what What I like is and where I've been surprised is actually our, our post play um, The this team is so far at least tried to make a concerted effort to get it into the post um, they haven't done a great job of it yet but uh, Josh Gray and um, BBB uh, have been better than I expected as far as what they do with the ball in their hands in the post. Um, and so they I, I didn't see what um, Verdant did. Any of that at Illinois when he played there. Now, granted, you didn't play a whole lot. He's behind Kofi. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah, he's he's been much more aggressive here, and I think that's really where the strength of this team is is going to be outside of Gigi Jackson. Um, the the guard play is what's carrying us or hindering us right now. Uh, but I think if this team has any hope, that post play is going to have to be a big part of it. I also think Gigi Jackson needs to see a lot of – he needs to touch ball every time down four. Um, Uh, He needs to be played in the high post, as far as I'm concerned. Play through him. Let him touch it every time. Use him as much as you possibly can because chances are he's one and done. I think the team knows that. I think everybody knows that. He's already the most skilled player on the team with the the highest ceiling. So get everything you can out of him. the, the other side of it, the thing that frustrates me to no end is the shot selection that yeah. we've seen in some of these games, taking some of these deep, deep threes, um, starting offense way too high, it, which prevents you from dribble penetration, um, it, as well as it, we don't box out consistently. We started the year off boxing out very well, and it kind of gotten away from that um just comparing to last year which we won't do much of you know frank's offense had a lot of crashing the boards which is fine um the the downside of that is sometimes you have issues getting back on defense this seems not really crashing the boards, so there's no reason for them to get not get back on defense but when we're taking those long threes the ball is coming off the realm hard it's bouncing off hard so it's putting us in transition deficiency there like we're having a hard time getting back. Other teams are killing us in transition and that can't happen. So shot selection needs to be better. We need to attack the post better and GD needs to be more heavily involved. Um, So I I think those things and, and with the post players we have, um, and I, I know I'm kind of rambling on with this, but a lot of people are critical about, you know, we haven't had, we can't get a, great big man right can't get a great freshman big man that's a big criticism with frank but those guys are few and far between i mean you're going to have a handful of big men and they're going to go to the premier universities right now the premier teams which right now we're not and they're going to be mostly one and dones so you have to get guys with high upside that can be developed and that takes time i mean you look at the what probably chris silva's probably our last best big man it took him what, four years to really develop into an NBA-caliber player. And so I'm not saying any of our bigs right now outside of GG are going to be NBA-caliber, but it takes time to develop. And they they have a lot more potential, and they come along further than I expected. So that's where I feel good about. I think we really need to continue to force that issue. And off-the-ball movement especially has to be better. I don't care what offense we're riding. They can't just stand around. Against Furman, we had – the good initial first action, and then it was, okay, well, now everybody's just standing here and dribbling. You know, so at the very minimum, we need to, at the end of the offense, at least get into a pick and roll situations where something is happening. It can't be one-on-one, like, NBA-style offense where it's one pass and shoot, unless that's actually a really good shot off that one pass.
0: You don't have the type of team that can ISO up on guys. Um, that's that's right. just not what this roster is. Yeah. Um, I do think a lot – I don't want to say a lot of it because he can definitely have his moments where he's, you know, pulling up from 35 feet, but you get a healthy, a consistent Michi Johnson in there, someone who can create his own shot off the dribble, someone who's a pretty good decision maker most of the time with the ball, um, someone who can kind of find the right pass, you know, whether that's pocket passes, whether that's post entries, whatever. I don't know if that solves everything. I mean, we know what the deal is with this team this year in general, but I think in terms of offensive flow maybe. I think Michi Johnson's yeah. kind of your key there, even maybe more than Gigi Jackson, even, even though gg's a more talented player, um, a higher ceiling, like you say. But Michi Johnson just kind of keeps it all on schedule, I guess maybe he's an experienced college basketball player. He kind of knows what he's doing running this offense. So I do think that's gonna get better as he gets healthier. Um that was kind of the one player you couldn't have get hurt. And of course, sure enough, first half of the first game that happened. Um but also I want to give a shout out to Chico Carter Jr. talking about guard play. He's been way better than I was expecting so far this year. Obviously, he hit the shot against Clemson. That's kind of what everyone's looking at. But he's was it it was the Davidson was it the Davidson game? He scored 26. Um, you know, he's not gonna do that do that every night. Um but he's another guy who's kind of creating his own shot a little bit more. He's kind of he's shooting the ball really well. You're gonna need guys like that, especially if Michi's Still going to take time to recover and even playing off ball when Michi is healthy. Um, I think Chico Carter Jr. is a good piece for Lamont Paris here, just kind of in terms of what you can do on offense.
1: He's been so Chico, you're right. Um, Chico is he's been able to consistently beat people off to dribble, yeah. which is we haven't seen that really with our other players. Um, Michi probably can, but. It's clear he doesn't have the
0: explosiveness with his ankle, kind of the way it is.
1: But Chico, he's a very good shooter and he's been able to beat people off the dribble. And so they really need to lean on that um, a little bit more, uh, as well as that, you know, getting the post game going more. Um, And so he's been much more aggressive than what we saw last year. Uh, Now, you know, he played in spurts last year. I I think his his defense is what kept him off the floor last year, but um, he seems to be doing what. Uh, you know, Paris is asking them to do this year. Um, And a lot of these guys are, we, this team struggled, uh, you know, when we played uh, Colorado state, right? Yeah.
0: That was the first game in Charleston.
1: Yeah. And they run a version of that Princeton offense. You know, they have other elements in it and we really, really struggle with that off the ball, guarding off the ball movement. Um, you Know we we cheat a little bit and then we get, get beat, and then you know our, our guards are getting beat off the dribble because we're throwing free trying to guard that backdoor door pass, and just yeah, it's just ugly. Um, and so I, I think really the so much inexperience. Um, and some of these guys were on the team last year, but they didn't necessarily see a ton of playing time, and so this is really like their first full season for a lot of them, you know. Um, because yeah, I, I don't really count coming in five minutes a game as being you know gaining that experience it, it's not because typically it's not in important p- times of the game so I, I think there's a lot of inexperience there um but they're playing hard and so that's that's what you want to see and and the, the paris is going to have to get the most out of this team to be able to be competitive night in and night out um i'm not too much looking at wins this year uh i just want to see development you know um there's already been some. We've seen it, uh, but there needs to be more of it. But you know the coaches in college basketball, especially at the d one level, are so good. they after a couple games when they have film on you, they know where your strengths and weaknesses are, and they're gonna attack those weaknesses just relentlessly. Um, so Carolina's gonna really gonna have to shore off on their deficiencies. and uh, I think they will. Uh, will it be enough to get a bunch more wins? I don't know, but it, it you know just we just want to see development get you know be competitive. That that's it. Like just be competitive.
0: I think you're just looking for are you better at the end of the year yeah. than at the start of the year? Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means win column wise. They're like I said, they're two and three now. There's some winnable non conference games on paper coming up, starting with USC Upstate today. You've got the the two game swing in DC next next week with George Washington and Georgetown. They've both struggled like. Yeah, you can probably piece together some wins in non-con, but it's going to be really, really tough when the SEC schedule starts. And I don't know how much basketball you've watched this week, but you got Alabama last night beating Michigan State in the Phil Knight tournament. you got Tennessee going to the title game of their early season. Arkansas looked really good in Maui. like, And I know that's the upper part of the SEC and maybe not what your – even like Missouri 6-0 and right now, they're off to a great start. It's going to be really tough sledding in the SEC. Um but we'll have time for that and plenty more after football season. I think that about wraps us up here. you have anything else on the rivalry or basketball or anything else in general?
1: No, I, I mean, I hope we're all feeling good at, after, uh, after the game Saturday. I mean, I'll certainly be watching the basketball game today I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we, uh, we see some improvement there, um, which I, I expect we will. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game for us. Uh, Upstate has – they have some pretty good players too. They're, they're young, but – they, they have some size they and they got some guys that can score so uh be looking forward to that and then of course tomorrow is a big day and so many great games tomorrow so oh yeah if, if you love college football you got a bunch of them on today you've got a bunch of them on tomorrow and uh hopefully we're feeling pretty good tomorrow night
0: it's the best beginning of the year on the college football schedule it's not even close I can't wait um it's gonna be awesome tomorrow um that is it for the Gamecock scoop podcast the official podcast of Gamecock scoop on the rivals network. I've been Alan Cole. This is Perry McCarty. Check out the website, GameCucksCute.com. We've got coverage of everything this week, men's basketball, women's basketball, which you haven't mentioned, but they're playing again. They're back at home on Sunday. Um, obviously, the rivalry game. Um, stay, out, stay out today with everything there. Um, we'll see you guys for a post-game podcast, probably with Caleb back maybe Sunday, Monday. We'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> Take care, y'all.